cloud gaming in 5G on phones, it brings a seamless experience. Perhaps I'm just chatting to you, John, and I send you a URL and you click in it and you open up the game and you start playing. I mean, how quick is that? You know, we talk about what I talk about with our team is reducing this time to fun, which sounds very sort of corporate in a way, but it's just like what I'm really... What I'm really getting at there is how seamless and frictionless can we make this? Can it literally get to the point? And, you know, we're not there yet, but can we get to the point that it is one click to play? And what is it if I can just send you, you know, a link and you can join me right then and there in the game? I think the point that I really think about with cloud gaming is it, is it starts opening up a magical future. What I say is like, we are on the first step of that journey. At Xbox, we talk about lifting and shifting our games. We've taken our console games and we bought them to another device. That is step one. And it's an awesome step. So as you say, you can play Halo in a way that you've never played it before. But as I look to the future, I just see how much further we have to go and how much opportunity there is to really completely and fundamentally change how we play games together. Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of technology and gadgets. And John, this week we actually have something special for say the listeners. It, you, say it, you say it every week. I do. Are these guests the most special guests we've ever had? Well, every week we have the most special guests that we've ever had, but we may have outdone ourselves this time. So, and we're not kidding, this is a special week. So all the typical tech news that we typically cover we're putting aside on one episode put in a drawer to be opened next week correct because this week we've got two very special guests first of all we've got katherine gluckstein who is the gm and head of product and strategy for project x cloud at microsoft katherine thanks for joining us well, thank you very much for having me. I mean, I'm, I'm honored to be called special. Doesn't happen that often. So, so thank you guys. Feeling good about being here. That was quite an intro. So you have to live up to the specialness <laughs> of, of Andrew's intro. And sort of keeping with the theme, Andrew, as far as I can recall, this is the first podcast we've recorded that's had any sort of video component as well. So we've got cameras pointed at yes. us, uh, which means place. I've had to comb my hair for the first time in about a year to record this podcast. And you did do a great job, by the way, I must say. You as well. (laughs) Now, listen, Catherine not only has to live up to the intro, but she also needs to live up to our other guest because we've got two this week. (laughs) Hassan Anjoum is the director and head of product marketing and strategy for new computing at Samsung Electronics Mm -hmm. America. Hassan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. And John, how's my hair doing? I actually had to comb my hair too as well. You know what? It's looking (laughs) it's looking good. I think you've got me beat, though, as far as just volume of it. But Andrew, <laughs> let me ask you. So it's November 2020. Mm-hmm. Could mm-hmm. there be any particular reason that we're talking to Samsung and Microsoft? Anything big that's happening? Hey, it's November, tech if you will. Now, obviously, there is a major partnership that we saw announced, that Samsung announced, actually, with the launch of one of their latest flagship phones. Not only that, but... XCloud is part of Game Pass, which obviously is huge. We're Game Pass subscribers, and Happily Game Pass and has some big news happening tied into the launch of the Xbox Series S and X happening in just over a week. So there's just a ton. It's Q4, John. It's Q4. That's how it, it is. is. 
But I think before we get into it, I think for maybe there's maybe a few people out there who don't know those terms, right? Maybe they don't know Game Pass. Maybe they don't know xCloud. And I think perhaps we should demystify the jargon for those folks out there. Let's do that. And that's why we have our guests here. So let's start. Let's talk about the Samsung and Microsoft partnership. So Catherine Hassan, can you guys give us some background on the gaming partnership in particular between Samsung and Microsoft, what it is and how it kind of came about? I mean, I can definitely uh, start off. For me, uh, Andrew, this partnership really with Samsung and Microsoft didn't just start here, right? We've been partners for a a very long time. And in in my opinion, really, it accelerated in or came to the forefront, catapulted, if you will, uh, in 2019 with the announcement of key services baked right into the the Note 10, if you remember that announcement we had. And uh, yeah, yeah. whether it was S Pen or Link to Windows, that's just baked right into the device itself to make that sort of experience super fluid. Uh, for me, it was really special as well in 2019 because uh, that also marked the Galaxy Book S, which was really exciting. And it is really exciting as an always connected PC. And, you know, we've continued to build on that partnership. You know, as we talk about this idea of mobility and what's important to consumers, you know, wherever they are, yeah. Gaming is a, frankly, a natural inclusion of that. It's an important lifestyle as part of people's lives. I would say bringing the best of a gaming platform with the best of mobility is really why we're here today. Yeah, it's it's fun. People can starting to be able to game with whatever screen they have in front of them. And when you look at two companies like Samsung and Microsoft, I mean, arguably the two biggest names in all of tech. What is it like specifically that you guys are doing to sort of push the edge, so to speak, like for, for mobile gaming? Well, I think I just want to go back to the point you just made, John. People are sure. gaming on every device. It is Everything. the most pervasive form of entertainment on the planet. More than 3 billion people play games, which is just when you say that number, it's just so huge, right? And what we know is in terms of the most sort of pervasive device, it is mobile. So as we thought of bringing xCloud and, you know, our ambition to come to many devices, we knew we wanted to start with mobile because, I mean, what is it, Sam? More than a billion people in the world have Android-based phones. It's just huge. And also there's a specific challenge for us as Xbox, which is, you know, our high fidelity games being played, you know, which were built for screens that were essentially 65 inches or, you know, your big OLED screens, playing them on much smaller form factors and devices. And we knew that was a challenge. And if there's ever a challenge, we want to embrace it. So what we saw with this was the opportunity to partner with a company like Samsung, who, as Hassan said, we've had a long history with Samsung, but in a way really targeting a broad consumer segment, particularly as we come to push forward what is possible. And what we found really, I think it's fair to say, was an incredible partnership. I mean, our teams, despite the fact that we did all of this during COVID, so no one could travel anywhere, (laughs) but all our teams work together day in, day out. And I can honestly say, I think we delivered a stronger product to market because of the work we did together. And I think that just shows really when a partnership is working very, very well. So it was a really good experience all round. Love the launch that Samsung did. Really landed the message extraordinarily powerfully. And so, Catherine, just for those, again, that maybe don't know, can you just tell people what Game Pass and xCloud are? If they're, if they're hearing these names for the first time, 
Absolutely, absolutely. So Game Pass is our gaming subscription. It's more than a hundred great games for one monthly price. So it is our gaming subscription that we offer from Xbox. All our first party day and date games from the 23 studios that we have go right into Game Pass, plus a whole variety of third party mm. and independent games. So it's a really just a great place to discover and play your next favorite game. xCloud is our game streaming technology. So this is what takes our games that were built for one device and one set of silicon and basically allows us to stream those games to any device. And this is just the beginning of the journey. So you might have heard last year, we launched something that we called the Project xCloud Preview. This was like our first march to market and just to start testing. Yeah. And right now we're live in 22 countries with this streaming technology. So in those countries, you're able to play your games on your console, your PC, and your Android devices. So for everybody listening, you can start to see how Microsoft is saying you have access to this huge catalog of games. Additionally, maybe you'd only be able to play, you know, sitting on your couch or at your desk. But now you can take these same catalogs of games and play them on other screens. And you start to see why the partnership with Samsung makes so much sense. I mean, Samsung, I think it's, it's almost it's a fact at this point, makes at least the best displays on the market. And so you're getting that console experience really virtually anywhere you are now. You're not tied to your couch or, or tethered to a console. But when you want that experience, you still have it. I think that's where these sort of start sort of dipping these toes into what gaming is going to be, I think is, is really exciting. Yeah, John, you know, yes. I, I think that you brought up a good point. When we look at, you know, these macro trends of what's happening, I think the folks have touched upon it as well as during the past year, you know, we see a majority of gamers saying that they were playing more games than usual. Yeah, especially this year. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting, even in fact, a majority of what we call mobile only gamers our mobile gamers were also saying that they were playing more games than yeah. usual. Well, it could be because of the current uh, dynamic, but staying at home, to your point, may not inherently or logically point towards mobile gaming going up, right? But if you think about it, most gamers, and we talked about this, from an aggregate uh, perspective, really identify themselves as gaming on multiple devices, multiple platforms, mm -hmm. uh, form factors, you know, so most gamers don't say, I just game on X. Most gamers from an aggregate perspective say, I'll game on X, Y, and Z. And that's really a macro trend of what's happening in gamers. But what we're finding from a Samsung's perspective is gamers are not only gaming more, they actually have, because of that trend, they're having more expectations of mobility, flexibility, gaming the way I want to yeah. game, right? And that's where, you know, Samsung Galaxy comes in. So Galaxy has always been, our promise has always been about mobility and flexibility and really enabling you wherever you are. And naturally, anything tied to that is what Galaxy aspires to be. Absolutely. I want to pick up on that point because it's a really important point. When we look at our gamers, and obviously we have many, many, many console gamers, but actually oh, we yes. see them engaged across every device. We see our most engaged gamers actually play more across every device. And then you come to the games themselves and you say the biggest games on the planet, Fortnite, Roblox, Minecraft, and you say, well, what is that? 
Is that a console game? Is it a mobile game? Is it a PC game? Well, it's all, you know, it's all of them, right? Yes. And so the games themselves are multi-device. So it's like, this is the way that we're seeing the world go. And I mean, when we were fortunate enough to acquire, you know, Minecraft back in 2014, that road and journey that we've been on to really understand what gamers look like across devices, is really a fascinating path. And you just look at it and it makes perfect sense, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously... Like it's a changing console landscape right now, but kind of the whole gaming landscape is changing, I think, in one of the coolest like ways possible. So how do you guys see this changing and evolving over the next few months and even a few years? Yeah. You know, I think it's really interesting. I think we can certainly think of the devices and where people play. And then I also think it comes down to how you think about content and what they play. And, you know, you talked about it earlier with Xbox Game Pass. But, you know, for the 15 million people who are members of Xbox Game Pass, we've actually fundamentally seen it change the way they play. So, for instance, we see that as gamers come into Game Pass, they try more games. About 40% of them try more games. More than 90% report playing games that they wouldn't have otherwise played just because it's there and it's fairly frictionless. And then we also then see gamers just simply play more because there's more choice and there's more, you know, more time is spent gaming all up. And when you think about that, that's not just goodness for gamers, that's goodness for game developers because the more people are playing, the more opportunities it creates for them. And then as we've layered on cloud on top of that, what you've seen from that is you're taking away even more of the friction. You don't even have to yeah. download the game to play it. You literally can just jump right in and start playing. And so we've actually seen those gamers try even more games than they were before. So I think this is a really big trend all up because it's not just that there are 3 billion gamers on the planet, which is obviously just huge and nearly half yeah. you know, the population in the world. And it's not just that we can now bring gaming to people in countries where essentially we were not going to sell consoles or we were not going to sell that many consoles at scale. We can also bring games that they wouldn't have been able to try and play before. And I think that's huge. I mean, just last week, a friend of mine told me, oh, you should go and try The Tourist. So this weekend... I find it on Game Pass, I'm playing it. It's awesome, right? There's no friction in that at all. So I think that's an interesting point. So I think the concept of game ownership is changing, right? It used to be you want to buy a game, you spent the 50, 60, 70 bucks, whatever that game costs, and you owned that game. But it became cost prohibitive to buy all the games maybe you wanted to play. So now you've got subscription services that let you, like you just said, pick up a game and try. So ordinarily, you couldn't do before. So people are getting invested in new games they maybe would have never experienced and new genres that maybe they wouldn't have tried before. And that's kind of why I think this new era of gaming is so fun and, and, and changing so much. Even the concept of owning a game is changing. So at least for me, the best part about playing a game is generally like, you know, playing with friends, whether it's it's my kids or or, or buddies from school. So does cloud gaming impact that or or how does cloud gaming change sort of the, the playing with friends part of, of gaming? Yeah, and that's great, John. And one thing I would add to that is uh, Mindshare. So within yes. gaming, things are also sort of diversifying, if you will, and having maybe I'll draw a parallel here as we dive into the future. When we look at gaming behavior, what's really interesting is one in four are saying that they have watched or watch esports. So that's huge. That's crazy. 
crazy, right? And it's being led by, you know, Gen Z and uh, millennial groups. Gen Z is what maybe what we say is our optimist of things like getting data quickly or 5G, if you will. They're optimists of 5G. Mm-hmm. They really believe that 5G will bring them more meaningful connections and everything that's, that's important to them, right? And millennials are what we're seeing as early adopters of 5G and cloud accessibility, if you will. Yeah. And I draw that parallel because when we look at 5G users today, there is a huge interest in cloud gaming. And because of those many fronts, right? Those mindshare elements. Yeah. So they understand the value proposition. So it's almost symbiotic and synonymous, a proof point, if you will, 5G and cloud gaming. No, I think that makes sense. We've, we've, sort of, we've all been told about like, you know, what 5G is going to be. It's going to enable car-to-car communications, that kind of stuff. And that's awesome. And download a movie in seconds. But I think what people are actually going to, it's going to be end user experience, right? Like what is 5G going to mean to people? I think being able to like play Halo on their phone. Like that's going to be, that's a mind blowing experience without being on Wi-Fi. It totally is, John. And I think really the simplest way to think about this is cloud gaming in 5G on phones. It brings a seamless experience. Perhaps I'm just chatting to you, John, and I send you a URL and you click in it and you open up the game and you start playing. I mean, how quick is that? You know, we talk about what I talk about with our team is reducing this time to fun, which sounds very sort of corporate in a way, but it's just like what I'm really, what I'm really getting at there is how seamless and frictionless can we make this? Can it literally get to the point? And, you know, we're not there yet, but can we get to the point that it is one click to play? And what is it if I can just send you, you know, a link and you can join me right then and there in the game? I think. The point that I really think about with cloud game is it, is it starts opening up a magical future. What I say is like, we are on the first step of that journey. At Xbox, we talk about lifting and shifting our games. We've yeah. taken our console games and we bought them to another device. That is step one. And it's an awesome step. So as you say, you can play Halo in a way that you've never played it before. But as I look to the future, I just see how much further we have to go and how much opportunity there is to really completely and fundamentally change how we play games together. I mean, I I can tell you from experience, like I'm waiting to pick my kids up after school and I'm playing games. And that's nothing that I've been able to do before, not just playing mobile games, you know, playing Halo and playing Mortal Kombat. I've got access to all of these things that I never really had before. And it's it's, it's an eye-opening experience and people are looking for a reason to upgrade to 5G, a reason to bring 5G in their life right now, the killer feature. I think for a lot of folks, that's it. But I do have to ask a question. And I, I told friends that I was going to be talking to folks from Samsung and Microsoft and I got one big question. No one's listening. It's just us here on this call. So, you know, feel free to speak freely. Can you tell us about any new titles coming to Xbox, Game Pass or cloud gaming? Any big ones? Perhaps ones that start with an H and, and end in four letters? <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, guys. What can I say? Absolutely. We've always got great titles coming. I think the thing to announce, and I think that's always true, right? There's always good things coming into Game Pass. One of the, the announcements that we did make that actually launches, actually later this month, is our partnership with EA right? And bringing EA titles across console, PC, and streaming. That is something we're incredibly proud of and something that we think is really provides new value for our members on, on Game Pass. So that's something that I can talk about today. Yay. As somebody who plays Madden nonstop, personally, I feel invested in that coming. <laughs> but it's I'm also, it's also crazy because yeah. you're adding 
all of these games from EA Play, but you're not raising the price of Game Pass. The way that we look about at it is it's all about providing value for our gamers and a, way, a good way to monetize for developers. And if you're putting the two and the two are working together, you end up with something pretty interesting. And that's, that's the route that we take. I mean, you've heard us talk for many months and even years now about really putting the gamer at the center. And that's how I really think about it with the cloud. With the cloud, we can deliver any games to you wherever you are. So we really just want to delight our gamers going forward. That's I mean, that's our job, right? It's to entertain people and have some fun. Absolutely. But I mean, I'm just, I just need to say, I don't know that there's a better deal in gaming, no. in the world of gaming than Xbox Game Pass Ultimate with everything. Even, I mean, today before EA Play has been added. So with that coming at no extra cost, it's just absurd value. Do you know what? I am just so proud of what our team has done in creating this product. We bought it to market three years ago, and it was really positioned, I think, as a slightly different product, a much more sort of back catalog and looking at what we had there. We realized the opportunity for it, and we bought all our first party day and date. And as we've added to the number of studios, as you said, the value just got greater and greater. And then what we realized is to be a member of Xbox, yes, it might mean buying a device because, you know, these are where you can play the highest fidelity, the best latency mm -hmm. that you're going to find, right? You know, that's what you're going to find on the Series X. But everybody has a different thing that you need that they're trying to meet. And as you just said, John, whether it's waiting for your kids or whatever. So we realized that as members, you could be a, a member of Xbox in a whole variety of ways. And the thing that linked that was Game Pass. I should also add, though, that we also think that giving choice to gamers is a huge deal, right? I mean, we say that you can also buy the game. We don't want to prevent you from owning it if that's important to you. And I think that's really at the, the principles of Xbox. It really is about giving gamers the choice that they want and playing the ways that they want. We just want to provide the very best value for gaming. Excellent. Well, John, let's, let's take our first break of the show. And afterwards, we're going to spend some time with Catherine going even deeper on Game Pass, cloud gaming, and all that that entails. That's coming up next. Can I, before we take the break, can I just tease it a little bit? If you are excited about the new consoles, the Series X and the Series S, and you've got an inkling of what might be coming or why you should consider picking one up or sort of going into the ecosystem, you're going to want to stick around. That's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash national car rent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Welcome back to Geared Up. We have our special episode happening this week, focusing on the partnership between Samsung and Microsoft, focused on Game Pass and the Samsung devices that you can play it on. Now we're going to spend some time with yeah. Catherine, focusing more on the Microsoft side of things, the future of mobile gaming powered 
by the cloud, if you will. So Catherine, let's just start, jump right into it and tell us who needs cloud gaming because it's such a futuristic concept. Who needs it and why is it important today? I love that. I love that. Well, who needs it? You know, I'm going to take you back on a little journey that I went on myself maybe a couple of years ago. So at the time, the team had literally just developed the first prototype of how it was going to work. And they handed me an Android device and said, Catherine, go play. And the very first game I played was actually Cuphead. And if you know that game, it's just a fantastic mm. game, right? I mean, yeah. A, it's a fun game. It's way too hard. I'm not very good at it. But the, you yes, know, the is. colors and the graphics, just fantastic. And I literally saw this thing on my mobile screen. And I'm, I'm using my hands because at the time I was using some generic touch controls. And I'm playing this game and it literally feels magical. You know how there are certain products that you pick up and I don't know, just the way they make you feel. And at that point, I just was pretty convicted that we had sort of magic in a bottle. So there's something about the fidelity, something about the intimacy of the format that just makes it a great, a really great way to game. The other thing I think that I really focus on is just ease of gameplay. On Saturday, as I sat on my sofa and I picked up my Razer Kishi with my, you know, with my Samsung device and I went in and I got the tourist. There I was two minutes later, I'm playing the game. There's no downloading. There's no waiting. It's just easy and it's fun. So what I say right now is that for those people who already have a console, this is a great compliment. Like for you, John, when you're picking up your kids and we've had amazing letters from people like a guy who was serving in the military, you know, he couldn't take his Xbox, but he took xCloud with him or someone else when they were in hospital and the really beautiful stories. So for some people, it is another way to play. And that's awesome. For some people, we are seeing them for the first time join Xbox playing on their phones. And it's wonderful to bring this type of gaming to more people and have these wonderful games reach more people. So I just think it's early days where we are, but you can play these games. It's super fun. It's super easy. And even for my own family, it brings us together. I can be sitting with my kids. One's on the console playing Minecraft Dungeons and I'm on my phone and we're playing together. It's just fun and cool. As I look forward though, I look at developers and I look at what they are intending to do with the cloud and the ambition that comes when you have that much compute and you're not limited by the power of any particular device. Actually, the worlds that they can imagine, I think, builds an incredibly magical future. So, Catherine, you kind of like touched on it, but why... Does X? I mean, at least to me, XCloud feels like a natural extension of of Game Pass. Like, obviously, can you talk a little bit about sort of the vision, like why that all works together seamlessly, and what sort of people who are looking to jump into the ecosystem can expect? Yeah, no, totally. You know. I actually look at other forms of content and I say, look at video and what happened to video, right? I started off with Netflix. I got DVDs sent to my house. I then went on, I started watching it on my PC and I ended up downloading and watching on my phone. And I may be, everyone tells me I'm an oddity here, but I actually watch everything on my phone now. The point is, is content should be pervasive and it should travel with you wherever you are. That isn't something we've typically seen with games in the past. With games, it's been bounded by the device that it's on. And I think what we're seeing with the beginnings of cloud and the beginnings of streaming is the freeing of that and the ability to take games and literally play them, as you say, wherever you are, whether that's sitting on your couch and someone else is on your TV or whether that's because you're out and about picking up your kids. 
I kind of wish we were out and about a bit more right now, but <laughs> honestly, with COVID, I've hardly left home. Can I just touch on something that you said a couple of times that I think is really interesting when you look at the history of consoles versus today? You've said you have people now who have joined Xbox or joined the Xbox family, mm -hmm. and they've done it through Game Pass. In the past, in order to join a console family, you had to go out and purchase you know, a $300, $400, $500 box and hook it up to your TV. And that's how you joined into, you know, a platform. And it sounds like the way Microsoft sees this is it's not about the box anymore. You, you're looking to almost, I mean, obviously the box is still there and obviously that's where you're going to get the most power, especially locally in your yeah. home. But it sounds like if someone joins Game Pass and is playing exclusively on their Android device, as far as Microsoft's concerned, they're in. That's absolutely right. You've heard Phil talk about the ecosystem of gaming that we are creating. Now, you know, I want to go back. I mean, the devices that we're building, the Series X, there isn't a more immersive place to play your games. And that mm. is super important. And we know how people love that. And I mean, to see literally how our team has crafted that box over a number of years yeah. is truly impressive to literally to behold. It, it makes me honored to be part of that team. But equally, what we're saying is we want to recognize there are 3 billion gamers on the planet. And in reality, we are not going to sell 3 billion consoles. We know that. So we yeah. then start uh -huh. going to a place where how do you become a member of Xbox and what does that look like? And we realize that that's about bringing games to the devices that you already own. And that therefore becomes a very important part of our strategy, because when you look at it, we want to bring more people together. We want more people to have these amazing experiences to become immersed in games and to connect, you know, just during COVID to look at the social connection that we've seen through games. Super important. And we think that's possible through what cloud gaming as a complement to console gaming does. Yeah. So, uh, Catherine, I have a question. So when I play, you know, my Xbox at home, when I'm whatever I'm playing, you know, I've got my controller in my hand, right? Something like physical, I can feel the buttons, I can press it. And that's been the way that I've interacted with games. And you mentioned using, you know, Razer's Kishi, for example, which is sort of an external controller you can plug onto your, you know, your Samsung device or your Android device. And it works really well and it, and it simulates that experience of a controller. But for a lot of people who are just gaming on the go, right, they're not going to have that with them. They'll have their, right. you know, their, their Galaxy Note with them in their pocket. So, how is that experience going to translate over to like touch controls? Yeah. And are all games going to be compatible or how is that going to work with sort of different titles that are going to support touch? You know, that's just such an awesome question. So touch controls, I think, are an interesting area that I would say we're just beginning to scratch the surface on. We originally developed some generic touch controls, and what we found was it worked well for some games, it didn't for others. And so we took sure. the view that actually when we worked with game developers, we could produce some really quite stunning experiences. So you saw that when we came to market in September with Game Pass, that we came to market with our first touch game, which was Minecraft Dungeons. That actually, I mean, you're right, you don't get all the haptic feedback that you get from a controller, but you do get a pretty phenomenal experience. It literally feels like you're playing a native mobile game. And this is, you know, this is the yeah. first iteration. And yeah. then we launched just last week about another 10 games, Slay the Spire being one of them. What we have seen 
is that actually the frictionless nature of this, the fact that people can just pull their phone out of their pocket and start playing, really has a sharp impact on engagement. But really thinking about input and what it means across devices as we go forward and what it means for PC games versus mobile games versus console games, it's complicated. I mean, seriously, there are some games that just don't translate that well because the input mechanism is really very complicated through the controller. So... Thankfully, I work with an awful lot of very smart people and they're on the problem, but it's something that we think about and we think is just fascinating as as we go forward, but really proud of the way we've started with these early games with touch controls. So speaking of the future, what does the future of mobile gaming on tablets and phones look like? We talked about today, we talked about how you're bringing touch controls and Current connectivity, obviously 5G's on the, I mean, 5G's here, but it's going to be built out and expanded over time. What do you see when you think of the future? I know there's things you know that you may not be able to talk about, of course, but what can you share with us about what you see on mobile in particular, tablets and phones? Totally. So the way, absolutely, it's an awesome question. The way we think about it is sort of threefold. Right now, you know, and I've talked about being on this journey because it literally is like taking gains to new form factors and learning what that means. We call that our lift and shift strategy. And because we literally put our Xbox consoles into data centers, we can take any of the thousands of games that have been on an Xbox console and stream it. Right now, we, you know, we're streaming 100 great games through Game Pass, but we have that ability to do it. The next level that we think about that we call cloud-aware games, they are games that we have developed in our APIs in the GDK, basically looking at what can be done with the game if it knows it is being streamed. So, for instance, a very simple example of that might be font sizes, like so that font sizes become readable on a small screen. And that is where developers want to engage further. Equally, the touch controls, they take aware of some of our cloud-aware tactics. And then as we really start to look out, we get to what we call cloud-native games. And they're games that aren't built for any particular device, but they're built using the power of the cloud. And I mean, pre-COVID, when we were still able to travel, I spent some fascinating time in Japan earlier this year talking to developers who have these huge ambitions to actually create games that use the power of the cloud to literally change gameplay, the way people interact with games, and even how you monetize within some of those games. And I think as we start to lean into what that means in the cloud, you're going to see, just as you've seen on every device in the past and with every console generation, it's freed developers to work with more. I think that's what you're going to see in the cloud in the future. And so you're literally going to see the level of immersive and sort of scale of gameplay just expand. But we're early days right now. We're lift and shift right now. We're taking games yeah. from one device and putting them on another. So I think this that's why I just think the cloud's such a fascinating place for us to focus mm-hmm. on. So obviously the cloud's going to play an important role, not just in gaming, but in kind of every level of computing, you know, over, over the next five to 10 years. But I think, where do you see, and you know, Andrew and I can speculate, right? But we're not in, we're not making these things happen. Where do you see gaming going in 10 years? And is there anything about sort of that process that you think is the most exciting about, you know, from where we are now in 2020 to where we'll be in 2030? Wow. 10 years. Gosh, I hardly know what's happening next week. But no, in all seriousness, I think the way we think about it at Xbox is actually 
across three different vectors, content, community, and cloud. And when we think mm. about that and you think about what that means, I think you can kind of get a clue where gaming is headed. So content, I think about all types of content. I think about content, as we've just talked about, that is built as cloud-native content. I think about content that both comes from AAA studios as well as much more user-generated content. I think about all aspects yeah. of what content could be. You know, and I look to parts of the world where we perhaps haven't looked to content in the past. And I say, what's possible? And then you think about community and just bringing large numbers of people together. Obviously, we have Xbox Live, where we see many tens of millions of gamers come together every month. And we say, what does community look like? And how does that expand yeah. across every device that we use? And then obviously the cloud. And, you know, look, we're really fortunate to have a, to be part of Microsoft, to have an amazing first-party cloud in Azure that covers more than 60 regions across the world. Why that's important is obviously latency matters. And that is, you know, just literally you can't change the speed of light, right? But so you've got to get as close to your players as possible. And being in a company that has that type of coverage enables us to do it. So when I look out 10 years, I say, look, let's blend these three things what you're going to be able to enable with the cloud behind it, I think is going to build some truly incredible experiences. And gaming is only going to become more connective, more immersive, more sociable, and should I say more fun as we go forward. Do you see a point, and maybe this is 10 years, maybe this is more, where when you look at gaming today, like you, you said, if you take a Series X, that is the ultimate experience. The power in that console is unmatched by anything else. Do you think there's a point where the cloud becomes the most powerful place to game from rather than getting a box that has all the power? Instead, Microsoft's Azure cloud has the most power and you just stream from there as your primary source. Yeah, no, you guys are just pushing on great things. And to be honest with you, I'd love to turn this question around and say, what do you think? And we could have a really interesting conversation from that because you've clearly given it an awful, awful lot of thought, which is excellent. When I talked about cloud native games, that starts to push out what is possible with the power of the cloud. I honestly don't know right now because we haven't built those games. But as I do know that every time you put incredible technology in game developers' hands, pretty special things start to happen. You really see that time and again. And when you think about the cloud and the clusters of cloud that you could bring together, sure, it could power many things. There are other things you have to answer along the way. You know, what does it look like? What does it mean for gameplay? Yeah. What does it mean for business models? But in the end, I put my trust in the creative vision of these incredible developers that we see. And I just know that where you bring technology together with those creatives, you're going to create something pretty special. And that just makes me excited and, and proud to work on, to be honest. Excellent. Excellent. Catherine, thank you for joining us on the show this week. This is actually the first time I can clap for a guest where they can actually see it. Um, <laughs> which, which, which is nice for a change. Uh, Catherine, yes. thank you for, I know this is a kind of hard position, right? You got to straddle like a, a corporate line, but also like you got a passion for what you're doing. So being able to sort of honestly kind of share some speculation and then also with the factual side of what's coming and what's here. And I think why people should be excited for the future of gaming. Okay. Up next, after the break, we're going to bring Hassan back on to talk a little bit more about both the mobile technology and mobile devices that are going to be enabling us to get our 
mobile gaming on. It's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. All right, Hassan is back from Samsung, and we need to talk devices. Obviously, we just talked to Catherine from Microsoft, who told us about the cloud side of things. But on the other side, you have the devices that access that cloud, and that's what we're talking about now. So, Hassan, let's just talk. I want to hear about you. Are you a gamer, and what's your excitement level for, for cloud gaming? I mean, doesn't everyone classify themselves as as a gamer, and then then you get into this <laughs> this competition of who games more? So I'm just gonna uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just classify myself as a casual gamer. I mean, I do um, obviously I have consoles. Oh, you know what? How about this? I was one of the OG folks, and you can call them OG. I lined up for Halo. Does that count as a? Uh, yeah, you know, like, so we just you line we, up for a game. Yes, we just bonded on a very personal level here, Hassan. As did I. Okay. So I'm giving you a, an old guy high five. There it is. There but, it but is. Was it cold out where you were, though? That's what I like to know. Was it cold? Was it raining? I grew up in Toronto, so I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah, but you know what's interesting was, John, you're making me relive my old school days, but it was Halo 2, I remember very clearly, and we had to line up. The line went all around the mall. So, I mean, the mall, you wow. know what I mean? And um, we just got really lucky that the store we were lined up for, there was two stores that had Halo. One store was the super popular one that everyone lined up to. The other Mm -hmm. one, no one lined up for. And the sales associate walked by and said, hey, I'm about to open my store up. Uh, All you're going to lose is five bucks for reserving it, but you can go ahead and buy it right now. And we got really lucky. And I stepped out of the line and I bought it. And, you know, it was midnight and I was gaming by, let's say, 1.30 in the morning. But my friends who stayed in line, they had to wait two hours, two or three hours. So that's a little bit of a story for you. (laughs) Wow. So that's awesome. I like that. I like that anecdote right there. So we're dealing with someone who's legit. That's basically the point I wanted to get across here. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. That's all. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So can you talk about one of my favorite devices, actually? So when I tried the Galaxy Tab S7, it was S7 Plus in particular, OLED display on a large tablet form factor, super thin, light. We're in an era right now where there's not much traveling happening, especially in our industry. But when I loaded up Game Pass and I started, the first game I started up was Gears 5. On a tablet, large display, beautiful screen. You you have to quantify it on on a Samsung display. On a Samsung display, yes. which Which makes a difference. Yes, on a Samsung OLED display on this tablet, I instantly, this was a review, review unit. I instantly, with like within 10 seconds, said to myself, I need to own this. I need this. There have been times in the past where I've actually packed an Xbox One S in my suitcase so that when I got to the hotel, I had something to play. And this instantly made me realize that that was a thing of the past. So can you talk about the Tab S7, the S7 Plus lineup, and what specs in this hardware make it a must-have for gamers. That's a good one. So maybe, Andrew, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. You know, Tab S7 series are probably the best gaming tablets out there. We worked on our hardware. What, what, a, weird, what a weird term to even hear. You know? Like gaming tablets. Yeah, I mean... Right, uh, right. Okay, I mean... For the gamers, right? But it's for legit. Gamers. Yeah, no, it is. It is the best tablet out there. How about that? Is that, is that good? <laughs> no, it's, it's, just a str- it's a strange new category. And like these technologies are, are enabling a new category. Gaming tablets is totally a legit thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the proof points are there, right? So we've worked on our hardware, more, most notably, you know, Andrew, what you pointed out, from what I know, at least, the world's only 12-inch Super AMOLED Android screen. The, the second mm-hmm. piece is obviously we worked with our partners and developers to optimize content for special experiences. And of course, being the first 5G tablet in the U.S. has frankly cemented us to deliver an unmatched experience. So yeah, the hardware piece exists, but with 5G, your throughputs are higher, your streaming and cloud gaming experience becomes richer and much more closer to the, the intended experience. And again, you know, the Super AMOLED for me gets to me. And within the first five seconds, I, once users yeah. see it, within the first five seconds, five to 10 seconds, stark, vivid, contrast, visuals that really make the colors pop and make your experiences like even ga- Xbox Game Pass just that next level, if you will. So I think obviously the the Tab S7 line, it's it's the display. It's a display story. But also, if, if memory serves, the first tablets really offer 5G. So how does a 5G sort of play into, I mean, I guess I'm just going to call it the future of gaming, which is now kind of the, the present of gaming. Yep. Yeah, John, you know, definitely these are the first 5G tablets in the US. And frankly, we've been really excited about the receptivity. You know, from a broad sense, the Tab S7 series, and we don't really talk about sales, but what I can say is it yeah. has done folds and folds from a performance perspective better than the Tab S6, its uh, predecessor. Wow. Yeah, we continue to grow in that series. And obviously, adding 5G has really propelled it to the next level, as I, as I said before. And again, I can't comment on sales, but what I can say from an index perspective or percentage perspective, the breakdown from, yeah. from S7 and S7 5G, the people who are buying 5G has indexed from a percentage is really powerful. It's really strong. And this is also at a time when people are staying home more. And I think it's frankly yeah. a, a testament of why people believe in this value proposition, right? So 5G like, has become a, you know, is, is it one of the yeah. many commitments of, of Samsung to enable its users? Cloud gaming really requires that delivery mechanism, right? So 5G plus an amazing hardware, you know, Samsung is in a great position to release these kind of devices and give consumers that next level experience. This has always been, been strange to me, right? It used to be, if you're a gamer, like you had a console or you had you know a tower to game on and then like right. laptops black laptops became a thing gaming laptops became a thing you became more powerful and then like you could you could do it on a laptop but gaming on a tablet i think is something like not just mobile gaming on a tablet something that i think is totally foreign even the concept of it being possible is just like an, an insane concept to a lot of people and you talked about earlier you know about a, like a gaming tablet why would somebody want to use a tablet to game when perhaps they have access to a bunch of other things? Yeah, that's a good one. From a, from a category perspective, we always tend to pit the laptops versus the tablets immediately. But what I mentioned earlier, what I think is really important is this macro trend, underlying trend that gamers identify themselves as gaming on multiple devices. And this is so true and, and multiple platforms, right? So I do believe there's compartmentalization, if you will, of devices, right? And experiences versus always having the yeah. best of one. But to be clear, there is a natural consideration set and maybe a, in a gray area competition, if you will, between the two. Maybe, for example, I'll, I'll let you know, is Tab S6 LTE devices, the connected devices, we actually saw yeah. 50% of people who bought them were actually looking for a laptop. So 50%, one in two. Wow. 
were looking for a laptop and then they went ahead and got, bought the Tab S6. So obviously we understand that there is some sort of gray area, but generally speaking, we understand that users appreciate the flexibility of a tablet. They understand what experience we're going to get from that tablet first form factor, right? So in terms of gaming, whether detaching the keyboard and just using the kickstand with my controller or picking up the tablet and uh, using the accelerometer and gyroscope, if you will, to get the, that unique fluid experience. And then of course, and the most obvious one is uh, that natural touch gaming experience. So, so it has that unique experience to the user versus another form factor, if you will. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's that, that's fair. That's a fair answer. I want to touch back on 5G for just a second. So obviously, because today, 5G isn't as widespread as it will be in one to two years. I think that's, that's fair to say. So when someone picks up, let's just say a Galaxy Tab S7 today, 5G, and maybe they're not in a 5G area and they're doing their, their mobile gaming and it's pretty responsive. What do you think... 5G in particular, 5G speeds, what does that look like? What does that experience look like once that's, you know, the rollout is more widespread? Yeah, this is a good question, Andrew. When you look at behaviors we've seen in the past, especially around, let's say, 5G specifically, like let's say we look at 5G users with a pinpoint, the, the top 5%. So top 5% of people who are using 5G, they're all about data consumption. And it's all entertainment usage. So streaming videos, streaming content, and then, you know, whatnot. It's just streaming, if you will. So the top 5% understand the value proposition, if you will, that is is streaming. And for me, what we talk about internally here is Galaxy uh, mobile devices are really a natural extension of who you are. And your extension should really be as instant as you are. So that's really what it's all about, this idea of, streaming and bringing all the information that's important to you and because it's a natural extension of who I am, right? So to answer your question, as 5G formalizes and and gain adoption, we should see that next level of streaming, cloud gaming. The hardware experience is like consistently more immersive to take advantage of that frictionless form of accessing things that are frankly important to you. So I think we could kind of come back to this though, right? So it's like a cloud gaming and and 5G. How... I guess I mean, the, it's, an, it's an easy answer, but sort of integrating with a system of cloud gaming like Game Pass Ultimate, you're sort of giving the tablet a new role, right? It used to be a tablets were media consumption devices, but now they're like media activity devices, right? You can, you can play these games on them where maybe you couldn't have access to do that type of things before. Yeah, and that, that's a good point. So what I would say is it's not only consumption devices. The era of consumption on premium tablets is yeah. it's over i mean what uh, now it's elevated experiences so not only is my content consumption exists but i want to be able to do more with my device and i mentioned you know 50 percent of folks who are buying these devices 50 percent are actually in the market to buy a laptop so now they're actually going and buying this this uh, next level device so the expectation from a premium tablet is that you bring elements of different categories in it. Now, gaming is obviously a huge part yeah. of that. And elevated form of gaming is part of that as well. So I'm going to quiz you now. <laughs> what game? What games are you playing like right now on Game Pass? <laughs> okay, well, I think there's, there's two. Streets of Rage. 
again, you know, John, I'm an OG. School, huh? I'm, I'm OG, right? Old so, school. All yeah, right. Exactly. So Streets of Rage, you know, and they brought some characters back from the the good old days. So that's that's what yeah. I'm what I'm playing. I just finished it. I think uh, a week a week and a half ago. However, I just saw that the game added touchscreen to it. So I'm excited to try yeah. it on touchscreen. Uh, and then the next one, obviously, uh, this is a game I never actually played. I actually surprisingly never owned, but I'm I'm playing it nowadays. Is Halo Wars too? I got a. I love the original Halo Wars. Oh, absolutely really? love that game. Okay, I haven't played the first one, but I I I started playing the second one, and I just finished the campaign, and I've been told that I need to prep myself. To, I need to get into the whole uh, uh, storyline, and because it's related to the next Halo that's coming out. So. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but you know, I'm just getting it myself ready. <laughs> I mean, what do you know about the next Halo coming out? Let's uh, let's ask that question. <laughs> that, that's a that's a question for Catherine. That is not a question for me. <laughs> I wish I wish I knew. I would have I would have gladly revealed it all, but I do not know. <laughs> all right, fair, what, fair. What kind of reception fair. have you guys gotten from consumers in response to the partnership with Microsoft and Game Pass? Yeah, we, we actually monitor a lot of, you know, social sentiment and, uh, yeah. you know, consumer responses. And it's amazing. It is actually really good. And it, one thing, when we brought this partnership, it wasn't just for one device, right? It wasn't just for the tablets or the phones. It was actually for both the phones and the, and the tablets. And one thing we look at it, uh, look at the way we see it internally is uh, at least the way I'll put it is phones are, you know, when you're on the go and tablets are when you arrive, right? And they're both are always on the go. Yeah. They both have that spectrum, if you will. But where would you lean on it, right? Yeah. So we always imagine, and this is, this is I'm drawing parallels in gaming, but we see this in all sorts of user behavior that on phones, you know, someone's picking up an S Pen and they're, they're going to make a quick note. And then when they, they arrive at their destination, they'll pick up their tablets and really flesh out that idea with their S Pen. Similarly, almost similarly, we see that in gaming too. Hey, quick succession gaming. I'm gaming on my note device. And then all of a sudden I want to pick up and, you know, really hammer out a couple of hours, if yeah. you will, or longer periods. And that, that's where the Tablet 7 comes out. That, that step by step, if you will, seamless experience. So I guess the next big thing, like after November, usually at least for us, is like CES, right? And for those of that folks that have never been to CES, I think is it safe to say that Samsung has a presence there? Is that is that a fair <laughs> a fa- fair statement? John, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so it's just, I mean, CES is like like a big deal, and that's where people get a chance like experience this stuff, right? They get to see it. They get to you know you could have a whole separate section that was showing cloud gaming on on the phones and the tablets but that's not something people are going to have to do and be able to have that option so i guess like looking ahead and knowing that you can't sort of have that opportunity to show this to people hands-on is there something about the gaming space as a whole that gets you the most excited about the future and where where it's heading so i can sort of give you an example so for me it's being able to play my games anywhere i am right i don't necessarily always have time to be at home on my couch. Being able to pick up my phone and play is amazing. Is there something like that that is like the most exciting thing for you personally or for, for Samsung as a whole, I guess? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So to, to answer your question, the first one, yes, Samsung will be at CES and now it's going to be a virtual format. Yeah. So you're going to see some... Right. And the best way I can put it is, is we understand that, you know, obviously we we're moving from a physical first experience to a digital first experience. Yeah. So... As we've sort of shifted 
a lot of our announcements digitally, we've always said, okay, how do we amp up the energy? Because that's what really what it's all about. We want to take the user through the journey we're going through. That'll be the focus of CES is that when we make these announcements of what we have is let's yeah. just elevate those announcement energy. And then on a, the second question, though, from a gaming perspective, you know, I think for me, cloud gaming is super. I can't wait to, maybe this is just a personal thing. I can't wait to explain to my kids how cloud gaming works, where we've gone from from, yeah. from the days. I mean, I, I remember growing up and I don't want to age myself here, but, you know, the Ataris and the the consoles, if you will. And now, yeah. and, you know, building my, my PC and, and sort of that journey I've gone through and then just looking towards the future, for me, explaining how we arrived at cloud gaming, I think that's the most exciting part for me. I think that's fair. And I'm looking at some of my memories pop up, you know, the pictures I took on that same day. And I had one pop up from November 2nd, 2010. And it was me at a Microsoft event showing off Connect and how that worked and how that was sort of a real shift for interacting with games. And you mentioned telling your kids about cloud gaming and showing them how to use it. I think this is sort of the next generation, the next like evolution of like games changing. And like our kids are never going to know what gaming was like for us, right? And I think that's such a cool thing to be a part of and to see, to not just wake up one day and cloud gaming already exists, but to see it come and to see it change, to see the adoption of it is a very cool experience as a fan of games and uh, a casual gamer myself. And you're seeing these technologies that Microsoft is, is bringing to the table and the, the enabling technologies that Samsung is having to complement that. It's just fun to be a part of as a lover of technology. It just makes me excited for the whole yeah. industry as a whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and as you were saying that, I was, I was thinking about the, there's always the good old days, right? We keep going, we can keep going back. Yeah. You're blowing on the cartridge and putting it into the, oh, the yeah. console. <laughs> and then I remember during the OG Xbox days, we would we'd get together at a friend's house, system link two devices, and then uh, have, yes. uh, you know, eight player parties mm-hmm. happening. But to your point, kids of today and tomorrow may, may never know where we, we, we were. Yeah. But, but you know, obviously explaining that journey is the most exciting piece. That is funny, John's story. And you're talking about how you want to talk to your kids about like how cloud gaming yeah. came to be. It just feels like seeing what cloud gaming is today and what it likely will become over the next couple of years, explaining the transition will almost be like trying to explain going from VHS to DVD in a world of, you know, you just pick up your remote and just stream something. You don't have to yeah. get anything physical. And it almost seems like that's where we're going with gaming. It's going to be a point where you just point and click and just start playing. You don't have to grab something. You don't have to have a, you know, two hour download to, you know, patch your latest, the latest game. You just hit play and a few seconds later you're in. Yeah. And Andrew, I'd, I'd even add an additional layer that's exciting, right? So we're that mechanism or that behavior that you mentioned yeah we we generally do that on a mobile side but there's trade-offs right so there's less throughputs right but you're used to that high fidelity at home when you have wi-fi but now with 5g mm-hmm. you're gonna get that wherever you are so streaming whatever you want wherever you are that whole level is going to be added on so that's another layer or layer that will evolve to as well and then and that's going to affect how we see our devices that's going to affect form factors. That's going to be quite a rapid shift in the, for the next couple of years. Yeah. Yes. Hassan, thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was a very, very interesting and enlightening discussion and has me even more excited for the future of not just gaming in particular, but cloud gaming too. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of you guys. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.